Welcome to the Jack Canfield Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of personal growth and inner awakening. I'm Jack Canfield, multiple New York Times bestselling author and a human potential trainer, speaker, and coach for more than five decades. Each episode will bring you new ideas, cutting edge strategies, and inspiring people that will challenge your paradigms and help you unlock your ability to make all of your dreams come true. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Let's get started. Welcome to the Jack Kimfield Podcast. And in today's episode, I'm thrilled to have transformation specialist Heidi Powell joining us. With more than a decade of experience as a personal trainer, the mother of four, a savvy businesswoman, an author, and an overall health guru, Heidi has become a beacon of inspiration and practical guidance for countless individuals seeking to transform their lives. Now, Heidi gained national recognition as she worked side-by-side with her then-husband, Chris Powell, on ABC's hit show, Extreme Weight Loss, where she served as a daily fitness coach, a voice of reason, the biggest cheerleader for the participants. And together, Chris and Heidi launched their digital platform called Transform with Chris and Heidi, with the goal of transforming one million people's lives. And that platform has since expanded to offer a range of programs, a supplement line and one-on-one coaching. And as a personal coach, Heidi has helped thousands of women rewrite their stories in their lives and create the lives that they've always dreamed of. And she also has a successful blog where she shares her insights on health, on wellness, family life, and her experiences as an international federation of bodybuilders and fitness bodybuilding pro, which, by the way, I did some research on, and that is not an easy feat to accomplish. So join us today as we explore Heidi's personal journey her personal insights on overcoming challenges, and the unique approach that she uses to help other people create lasting change in their lives. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me here. It's it's interesting to hear that bio. I'm like, oh man, I, I think I need to update it because that's how the world knows me, but I don't know that that's how I know me anymore. Isn't that interesting? It is. <laughs> and that pretty much leads into my first question. <laughs> here we go. Diving right in. We there go deep we go. fast here. There we go. And I thank you for being here and for being open to share what you're going to be sharing with us. I know you've gone through one of the most challenging periods of your life in the last five or six months, and you've been having some very important breakthrough insights and revelations that are right on alignment with the purpose of this podcast, which is to discover and surrender to our purpose, to fully express ourselves, to allow that unfoldment to occur. And if you're willing, though, I'd like to give people a little bit of background of where you were and what you were doing before this new chapter started to emerge in your life. Is that okay with you? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to go into that. This is really interesting. You're one of the first podcasts I've done since my life shifted and not to jump into it too quickly, but about three and a half months ago, I lost my best friend. Dave Hollis had passed away who I had dated for two and a half years. And that was a really, really hard thing for me. Um, that kind of came in the middle of a Some people might call it an existential crisis, but I actually believe it's an existential experience, like the most beautiful one that's kind of led me to where I am right now, where nothing matters that actually mattered before, right? So I'm kind of sitting in a place where not a lot matters that I thought mattered. And so even in hearing the bio, it's like, because I'm not doing many podcasts or interviews and I'm not doing any teaching right now, I'm doing sharing. I haven't taken the time to update it. But yeah, I'll start by saying I've always been a very happy, driven, motivated person. And I think we're raised in a culture where hustle is the name of the game. And that 
I've done that for so many years. I've raised babies, popped babies out as we shot a show, had a supplement company, an app. I had, you know, 10 other, a face care company. I had so many things going and this was happening with divorce and all these things happening in my life. And then about a year ago, it was a little more than five or six months ago. Now that I think about it, it was in June. I had a moment where I had spent the year building, 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 building a lot. I was divorced. And so it was kind of my own thing for the first time and helping a lot of women. But I I realized I was helping a lot of people at the expense of my happiness and the, the expense of my kids time with me, if I'm being completely honest. And I had someone ask me, they said, Hey, where do you envision your business in 10 years? And in my mind, I was like, I don't even want to think about business. It's where do I envision my life in 10 years? Right? So that started me on a track where I already felt like I had a knowing inside of me that certain parts of me needed to die so that something could be born again, right? Or something new could emerge. And I kept pushing it off because allowing certain parts of me to die with whether it's the notoriety, the significance, the business, the everything I had my worthiness in, or I thought my worthiness was in, letting go of that to create space was super scary for me. And so I just kept it going. And then I had that picture of 10 years down the road. And what's funny, Jack, is to this day, not one single bit of what I envision has anything to do with the rest of the world or work. I'm just being honest. And it has to do with my kids. And I could see kids and grandkids and I could see me in a healthy partnership, which has been really difficult for me for most of my life, right? And it was a wake-up call for me. I, I thought, okay, are the steps I'm taking in alignment with what I see myself creating, what I want to create in 10 years, right? It was more of an eternal perspective and our eternal perspective affects what we do now. And it wasn't me um, pouring in and having a really strong bonded family life. It's the most important thing to me. And what's interesting is I found myself for so many years, we all lie to ourselves and we don't even know we're lying. But what I realized, Jack, is I had built more than I had ever built on this planet. And I'd built it without a husband, right? And that was awesome. And there was excitement there. Like I had more and less at the same time. I had a moment where I thought, okay, my relationship needs to end. All these things, my business, I need to start scaling these things down. So I committed to it and then I didn't follow through. That led me to a place I knew what I needed to do. And it was so hard. I knew over time with some reflecting and actually connecting with God for the first time in my life in the way that I did. I think it's easy in the world that we're in for all of us to say, oh, we're building the kingdom of God. We're helping people. But the reality is I was so scared of not having enough, of not being enough, of not having enough, of not providing for my family. Of not. It was all of these fears that were keeping me attached to things that weren't necessarily good for my eternal or long-term perspective, but were what were keeping me feeling safe. So it was blocking my progression. And I believe that betrayal of my soul is what led me into a really dark time in my life. You said like, I finally let God in. How did you do that? Yeah. So I was at, I remember exactly where I was. I had uh, a, a friend of mine send me a book called Jesus Calling. And I remember getting the book and I'm like, this is really nice of her, <laughs> but I'm not going to read this. And that was August like 5th. It was the first week of August, end of September. So a month and a half had passed, almost two months had passed. 
I could fake a smile. And Jack, you had done some stuff with me during that time. And I remember just every word you said, I was like, oh, grabbing onto it because there it, it was a really hard time. And I remember there was a point I was downstairs in my kitchen looking out at my pool backyard, which was like my a serenity area. I love that place. And I remember thinking, this is not a life I want to live, right? The weight of the world felt so heavy. I was the mom. I was the dad. I was the nurturer. I'm the provider. I'm all in one. I felt like I was alone and I felt like it was not happy. And I thought, I'm going to grab this dang book that my friend gave me. And let me just, it's a daily devotional book. I love me some chicken soup for the soul and daily devotional books. So I opened it up. to that day. It was a day in September. I don't remember exactly like the 20th or something. And the passage in it was beautiful. And it talked about how we exist in an unraveled and chaotic world. And if we don't cling to or surrender to him, we will become scattered. Our energies will be scattered and we will become unraveled. Just reading that and hearing the call to come and to almost um, equally yoke, like allow someone else to help carry the burden to surrender to something that I couldn't see. But just playing around, trying that hat on for a minute was like, I actually started crying. And so in my mind, I thought, I don't know that any of this is true. But what I do know is that this felt good. Like this was the first time in months that something felt good. So I'm going to come back to it tomorrow. And so the next day, I read another passage and then the next day, and then that little flame that it was like a spark, right? And it just became like a little, a little more every single day. And then I kind of got to the point where I'm like, okay, I don't know what prayer is, but I started going, maybe I'm going to try this every day. And so I started doing that morning and then I started doing night and that has single-handedly changed my life. And I like to now, I'm comfortable and confident enough in who I am, where I don't know that I was before. I pray to God. Now I know I pray to God. I pray to my God. And I believe that I access God through me. Like when I am centered and when I am present, that is where I access my God. And it can look different for everybody, but this is what I do. And that started me on a path to extreme clarity and faith. So I was able to, because I was talking to God or myself, right? Every night and every morning, I was aware of the areas of my life that I needed to shift from. I was so aware of that betrayal of my soul that led me into chaos. I was aware that I needed to take some giant leaps out of a relationship, out of some businesses, out of the world and into my home and into my heart, right? That was huge for me. Luckily, I was attached to God. And in February is when my best friend passed away. And he was probably the person who believed in me and loved me more than anybody ever had, including at least how I perceived my father's love for me. And so that was really difficult. In my mind, I'm like, man, this is God telling me, Heidi, you've got what it takes. And there's no person nor no thing or no business that you need to be valuable. I am here and in me and in you, you are valuable. And I don't think I can ever see the world differently again. I can never unsee what I've seen, Jack. Yeah, no, I get it. You know, it's interesting because I did all the self-esteem work way back when. 
the bottom line for everybody is this belief that I'm not enough. And you can fill in the blank. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. I'm not whatever enough. But the, the thing is, I'm not enough. And when you finally have all that stuff that you felt gave you that sense of enough disappear, which was meant to happen for your spiritual journey, if you will, then all of a sudden you realize that you have what you're calling God. We all have that access to this energy. I was reading a book recently by Anita Morjani, who wrote a book called Dying to Be Me. In other words, she had to die to have a near-death experience to realize that she had been giving herself away to everybody but herself. And she died of cancer. And unfortunately, she came back and brought the message with her after her near-death experience. But what she said, and I thought was profound, she said, God is not a being. God is a state of being. And when you realize that state of being exists within you and you have access to it at all times, in your prayer, I love. I was thinking as you were saying your prayer that the universality of these principles. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ho'oponopono. No, it's a Hawaiian prayer. Uh, it was kind of made famous by this guy, Doctor Len Hugh or Hugh Len. I always kind of mix up his name, but he was working with prisoners in the mental institution. They were like you know violent, and he healed them all, but he never interacted with them. He would sit in his office, he'd open their file, he'd look at their picture, and then he would say, "I'm sorry, please forgive me." Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry that I am contributing to the way the world is that got you to be the way you are. Please forgive me. Thank you for that. I love you. And so when you're talking about your prayer, you were basically saying all those words. It's so interesting how the universality that we come to in our own awareness, as you did, to get to the place where you realize that you are it. And you were talking about, he loved me more than anybody, including my father. And I wanted to add, including myself. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. That's really where it is. And I'll just say this final thing. We were, I was talking to someone this morning about these stages of spiritual evolution where you're a victim, which you obviously weren't. You, you got to the next stage called manifester. You used all these laws of things that you teach and I teach, and you create great success. But then there's a place where you have to realize that's not it, and you have to surrender. And the surrender can come willingly through meditation, through meeting a spiritual guru, whatever, or it comes through the kind of experiences you had where you're just buffered around and you go, wait, this is terrible. <laughs> this isn't working. I give up. Please, God, help me. And you surrender to something higher than you. And then eventually you realize that you are that higher thing as well. It, it lives in you as you. You're not all of God, but you are a molecule in the ocean. One, one drop of water is not the ocean. But that drop of water is ocean. That's kind of what you're going through. I love it. I know it's painful, but at the same time, it's the most powerful transformation you can go through. Yeah, there's so much pain in it. And also, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever been through as well. I actually, when right after David passed, which was the most devastating thing I've ever been through, when people would ask how I was, I actually would say, this is the hardest thing I've ever been through. And I feel held like I'm in the best place I've ever been in in my life. And Jack, even right now, as I sit here with all these layers of the onion of who Heidi Powell was, right? Like that bio that you read at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I don't need her anymore. I don't need that. I don't need like I'm just me. Right. And even though there's some uncertainty about what the future looks like in what the how the world sees me. There's more certainty than ever about what my future looks like in how I see me 
and how my kids see me, right? And that's all that really matters. And what's been beautiful about that is that confidence, that new found confidence has me showing up as me, right? Has me showing up actually as Heidi Lane. I'm not even Heidi Powell, which you'll see my name right there. It says Heidi Lane Powell. I mean, that's a whole other subject. Powell is the name I took on from my last marriage. And I never legally even made it Heidi Powell. I was always Heidi Lane because it was a thing with my kids. I had Maddox and Marley Solomon. They knew I was marrying Chris Powell. We were having Cash Powell and Ruby Powell. And before I had my first baby, when I was pregnant, Cash, Maddox and Marley were sad. They're like, you're going to be Powell's and we're Solomon still. And I said, no, right then in that moment in front of Chris, they said, I'm Heidi Lane. I'll always be Heidi Lane. You guys are Solomon's. They're Powell's and we are the most beautiful family and we're all different, right? So I made that choice. However, with the world, I took on Powell because that's how Chris and the brand and the show grew. And after divorce, I remember a conversation that was like, are you going to go back to Lane? I was like, no, I'm going to stay Heidi Powell. And I asked myself now, why? Why was I scared to shed Powell and be Heidi Lane? And it's that word you said, Jack. It starts with an E. I didn't feel like I'd be enough. What if I'm not enough as Heidi Lane? That's who I am. Okay, I'm going to keep this mask on. I'm going to be a fraud for the world and show up as a Heidi Powell that I am not actually. Like, I am actually Heidi Lynn Lane. And to be in a place where I am enough as that person. And if I show up in the world and say, hey, guys, I never was Heidi Powell. I'm Heidi Lane. And you don't like me? It's okay. Like for once, it's actually okay, right? So all of this to say, it's hard. Back to your th- your comment, it is hard and it's so freeing. <laughs> like I've never felt more free in my life. In fact, my podcast, Jack, I'm gonna have to have you on. I'm starting a podcast and it's gonna be by Heidi Lane. <laughs> I can just see the theme song is gonna be Heidi Lane. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> the Beatles to sing that for you. You know, <laughs> you know what's funny? You, you fear of like letting go of Powell. The, the fact is, people are going to respect you more. All these women out there are going to go, God bless her for having the courage to be herself and to own herself and to not have to feel like she has to hide behind someone else's name. Now, some people want to do that because that's what they want. And that's fine for them. So many of our fears, when we step through them and we get to the other side, we go, what the hell was I so afraid of? Yes. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, sorry, I'm totally tangenting and taking this off. But when I came back to social media after Dave's death, too, I decided I am not using another filter ever. Like I used to live behind filters on social media. Whatever you saw, Jack, I was filtered, right? And I decided, no, I think filters are of the devil or darkness or whatever we want to call it because they actually, if I were to turn my phone on, and look at myself through a filter for even one second today, and then go back to no filter, I suddenly am like, hold on, I'm ugly. I'm not as beautiful as I was with a filter. And that's like killing so many women and men. And so just the everything, my, my commitment is to do my best to be unfiltered everywhere. Well, talk to teenage girls, because the reality of the uh, the sense of I'm not enoughness, the teen suicides, the ideation that, that you know, because everyone's comparing themselves to all these doctored photos, you know, that people put on Instagram and TikTok, and it's an epidemic of its own proportion. So you're going to contribute a lot by doing that, just so you know. I think it's wonderful. Good for you. 
Thank you. Yeah, I'm over here smiling for you. I'm excited about you. (laughs) Jack, I feel like we got to meet up and give a hug in person one of these days. We'll do that. We'll do that. (laughs) We'll definitely do that. So I'm curious, you know, let me just say this. So I've been going through something similar. I uh, had a realization about last summer, I think it was last fall, that a lot of my drive was tied up in being significant, making a difference. So that was how I proved my self-worth that I was contributing. And, um, you know, there was, that wasn't the only thing. There was a lot of pure, even in you, there was a lot of pure desire to make a difference, help people, be of service and all that. And where it gets messed up is when it gets tied up to the ego and needing all that to feel okay. And I had, I had some of that going on, lots of awards and pictures on the covers of magazines and all that stuff that one more frame, put it on the wall, that proves I'm great. And so letting go of a lot, like I'm downsizing my company a bit right now. I'm taking Mondays and Fridays off and and not going to, I'm spending more time with my grandson who's 10, my wife. And it was scary as well. And what I realized is how much energy it takes to maintain a brand. Carly, I was thinking you should write a book called I'm Not My Brand. But the reality is- you know, we're all trained in that, you know, like how to keep our name out there and what the brand image is. And you have to live up to that. And so how many Facebook posts do you have to have and Instagram messages and all of that. And I realized so much of my time was being taken up by that. And one of the reasons I'm doing a podcast now is that I really just wanted to have authentic communications with people about what's really going on in their lives, what their latest breakthroughs are and what they want to share with others and the good news, the bad news, the, you know, I don't think it's bad news, but the idea of like, what are you dealing with, confronting and letting go of and moving into and expressing? And that's what people really want to hear anyway, is they want to hear the truth. When they hear the truth, they resonate with it. And I think that's what you're moving into. It's what I'm moving into. It's what the world needs. I love that you just said that because in my coming back, It's like my world came crashing down, we'll say February 11th, February 12th. And in my re-entry, I decided I will not, nor can I go back as the same person. I will only come back as capital T truth. And I'm not going to be perfect. There are going to be days and things where I realize that I'm slowly getting pulled into the ego side of it, building the kingdom of mighty instead of the kingdom of God. It's not like that was a purposeful thing, but it's out of fear, right? And there are going to be times where I think the things that mattered before all of everything mattered, right? Everything. There are going to be times where that starts to creep back in. There are going to be times I just hit a point a couple of weeks ago where I'm like, man, I'm getting back to where I was, where I'm stacking all of these business obligations. No time to let go because that pulls from what is good for me. But it is showing up in truth has been huge for me and being okay having hard conversations because I like you, there's a lot of opportunity. And that's one of my biggest issues is saying no to opportunity because number one, I don't want to hurt feelings because the people who present are people I love, right? And number two, oh my gosh, what if I don't take this? What if there's not another time? Like you said with social, what if I don't show up and give enough? Like, are they going to forget me? I actually go through this process in my head where I'm like, okay, so what if? What if they forget me? That's okay. Because I know me and my kids know me. And when I remember that picture of 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, those are my kids there. It's not anyone else, right? And it's my husband or whoever, not anyone else. Okay, so it's okay if they forget me. They're probably not going to, right? And then, okay, what if I have no money, right? 
Number one, we know how to make a living. All I really need is this, this, this. Oh, I can do that. Like I can make that. And if I can't, I can move into my mom's house, right? So I kind of go through all of these things. <laughs> and then I'm like, guess what? I was the absolute happiest, except for now, because I am the absolute happiest now. Absolute. I was the happiest prior, right after my divorce, in a tiny rental with my four kids piled on, like literally there was no, no space. And we would just pile like a bunch of puppies on the couch, right? And I paid rent and I didn't have any money in my account and I was happy as a clam. So I'm like, okay, if I got to go back there, I was happy. I'll be happy again, right? You brought up one of my things. So in September of last year, right as I was kind of coming out of my depression, I, I had just started to take some steps out. We did an amazing, Dave and I did a really beautiful journey with a therapist, like a shaman therapist. It was beautiful. And I ended up mapping and tracking what I wanted 2023 to look like, like what's going to stay, what's going to go. And a lot of the things that now I finally had the courage to get rid of are gone. Yay. And one of the things I said I wanted was a podcast and my why it's not, you know, of course it's like, everyone's like, Oh, but there are so many that's fine. But there's no Heidi Lane and there's no other Jack Canfield, right? So we are us. And I believe that would be a space for my truth to come out. Because on social media, there's pressure of cutting these reels with trending music. There's no pressure. When I'm talking, having conversation, that's where the real me actually exists. And so I, I love what you're doing. And I might be reaching out to you for some pointers and tips because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to help. But you. I know there's freedom there. And I feel like through conversation and sharing, you had, I don't remember that amazing quote. You should maybe share it, but healing happens through sharing. I love it. Yeah. No, I, I think I shared with you before we came on here, but it comes from a guy from India. His name is Pankaj Naram, who was a healer. I visited his clinic. It was an Ayurvedic clinic for a month, a number of years ago, right before the pandemic started. And he said, I didn't come here to teach you. I came here to love you. The love will teach you. And I think when you show up in love and you show up authentically, because then when you're loving yourself authentically, you'll show up that way. That is transformative. That's what people need to hear. They want to hear how you're dealing with issues that they're dealing with, you know? And like, you know, whether it's being a mom or being someone that's going through a transformational period like this, I did want to share one thing with you about saying no. I learned this a long time ago because I am I had that FOMO of fear of missing out. If I don't say yes to that, maybe I'll never get invited again. Also the fear of saying no, because I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And I, I want everyone to love me. So ah, if I give them all the stuff, they're going to love me, right? But anyway, this really helped me. And this person said, when you say no, my no is not against you. It's not against your project. My no is for me. Right now, I'm choosing to focus on my family and my own spiritual growth. That's, what I, that's why I'm saying no. Every time I do that, people go, oh my God, that's so cool. I really respect you for that. That's neat. Because you're not saying no because you don't believe in them. You're not saying no because you don't think what they're doing is invaluable. You're saying no because you're saying something's of a higher value for you, which is your family, which very few people can ever be against, and for your own personal development, growth, and health, and wellness, and all that. I love that. I once heard it worded. They said, every time you say yes to somebody else, you're saying no, no to, to yourself. yourself. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting you bring up the... Uh, no one can blame you for saying yes to your family, right? 
But what is interesting, so uh, one thing I've kind of battled and dealt with, if you have female listeners, they might relate to this. I am a woman who has always provided for my family, right? And maybe it was the result of me growing up with three brothers and a very alpha dad. It's like, I thought, you know, I was a puppy, but I thought I was a wolf because the other, there were wolves, you know? And so I grew up thinking that's what I did to either get love or whatever, you know, whatever it was. I was loved no matter what. I couldn't see it that way. But me being in this realm for so long, it's interesting because I think in the past, women were criticized for leaving the home to work, right? And now we exist in a space where there's pressure. Like me, even considering and saying I'm stepping back to be a mom, right? It's like, a oh my gosh. What are people going to think about me? Because suddenly I don't fit into that mold. We're in this weird space, Jack, where there's more masculine women. And I am one of them. I have a lot of masculine energy. And it does sometimes emasculate men a little bit. But it is an interesting thing. So for me to embrace my feminine and to magnify my feminine, there's a little bit of self-consciousness. Like I'm a little self-conscious of it. Like, what does this mean? Am I enough? Am I being criticized? Because we've been told for so many years now that girls got to hustle. It's this feminist movement, right? So it is a little bit harder. And, and I have to stand firmer and stronger than I would have in the past. Well, let me ask you a question. When you drive your car, do you put your hands out in front of you like this and never turn the wheel? Oh, no. I turn a lot. You're turning up because <laughs> you're, you're constantly saying too far to the left, too far to the right, too far to the left, too far to the right. So whenever you lean into anything like being more masculine for the the women's movement, et cetera, sometimes we go too far. You might've gone a little too far in your life in that direction. And now you're getting some correction to come back in that direction. And maybe after a while, you'll come back to that direction. You're going to find that these two parts, you will integrate over time. You're not going to lose everything you've developed and become in that world. I have a friend named Deborah Poneman, who's an amazing teacher. She was Marcy Shymoff teacher. She was Deepak Chopra's teacher, et cetera. And, and she had kids and she was about to be on national television. And then she just got this internal dialogue that came along and said, no, if I do that, I'm going to be screwed. She went, spent 12 years raising her kids and now she's back. And she said, my kids are amazing. And it's like, we all do it differently. Some people find that balance. Some people go this way, that way. Some people work 10 months, take two months off. Some people take 12 years off. But the point is, you'll know internally when you start to get that sense of like, I remember Fritz Perls, who was a Gestalt therapist who developed this amazing form of therapy, said he was living in Canada. And he said, I knew it was time to come back to the United States when I started having thoughts about, I wonder what the exchange rate is between Canadian and American dollars. And I say that by way of saying, you'll know because you'll start to have thoughts about, gee, I wonder if I should maybe do this now, you know? And that's that, that coming back in. I'm so grateful, like on a personal level, like (laughs) aside from this being a podcast right now, I am so grateful to have heard you say that because that's what my internal dialogue has said is I have one more year, Jack, with my son in my home. One more year. I have two more years with my oldest daughter. I have more with my younger kids, but I can barely remember the childhood of my two oldest. And it's because we were shooting a TV show. There was so much happening. I'm never going to get this time back. And I am so bond. I am the luckiest mother. My four kids, I don't feel like I deserve them. And I got them. And they are patient and bonded and connected with me somehow, 
even in the midst of all of the chaos and the craziness. And my thing is, I'll never get these two years with my oldest kids through high school ever again. I will have the rest of my life to work. And that is the place I'm the most confident. I am the most confident in my ability to create something for the world. I am. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's the big rock now. The big rock is my kids. What can I fit in around it? I can podcast, right? There's probably not a financial gain. It's going to suck a little bit, but that's okay. Like suck a little bit of money. But that is the thing where I can give back to the world and I can share while still maintaining what I am as a mom. And first and foremost, I love hearing that from you. You said, and she's back after 12 years. So if she can take 12 years, I can take a couple. (laughs) And my hope is maybe then it inspires other women who are in the same space, who are scared that if I leave this to focus on my children, I'm going to be left. And the thing is, you might be left. You might be left in the dust. What I will say is I've been more present these days to death. There's nothing certain in this world except for that we all have a 100% chance of dying. We All of us. There's not one exemption to the rule. And I know that when I am on my deathbed, I will not regret the amount of business I did in the world, no matter what. What I know I will regret is how much I gave to my kids and myself, but mostly to my kids. There's actually research on that. It's been done in hospice. No one ever on their deathbed says, I wish I'd worked harder, wish I'd traveled more, wish I'd spent more time with my friends, my family. And I want to put it in context too, this idea of that right now you're feeling this pull to spend time with your family and someone else may be feeling the pull to spend more time developing their career. Someone else may be feeling more time that they need to get out of a corporate job and pursue becoming a coach or doing something for the environment or to work on racism or whatever. But the point being that we all need to listen to this internal guidance. It sometimes shows up as a catastrophe or an accident or an illness, or we get fired or a divorce happens, somebody dies. But to listen and realize you're being called, that the universe is always happening for you, not to you. And once we really realize that and say, okay, what am I being called to pay attention to? What am I being called to do, to express, to honor, to explore, to admit, to surrender to? Because that's a constant thing of surrendering and then acting on what we've surrendered to. There's that action part, which you and I are both good at. We know how to do that when we get to the call. You're modeling for people very well what needs to happen for their evolution. And I think we're all being called to evolve right now if we're going to survive as a species, unfortunately. But it's good. You know, you talked about having children, talked about pain, childbirth. It's painful. And the closer you get to the child coming out, the more painful it gets. And then there's the relief. So we're all right now pregnant with the next step for humanity and the next step in our own lives. And so if we remember that, then it's like, oh, this is happening. This is good. This is not a terrible thing. It's something that is happening for us, not to us. I love what you just said, if you don't mind, about the evolution. And um, you had said, some I'm being called here, but other people might be called in another place. Like, I want to reiterate that because I know without a shadow of a doubt, there's nothing in my life prior to now that was an accident or by accident. Even my pull to contribute to the world in the exact way that I have and the way that I did. And my pull away from being a full-time mom to do, like I 
every single bit of what I've done, every step on my journey has actually made me exactly who I am today. And I wouldn't change any of it for the world. It it reminds me of your steering wheel analogy that you said. If we have been in home for a long time and we're feeling a call outside of, there's a part of us that probably needs to be developed or God or the universe is wanting to develop by pulling us out of our comfort zone. And I think that's what it's about a lot too. It's where are we comfortable? Usually the pull is out of that comfort zone because that's where growth actually happens. I love that you said that. I'll just end with this too. Reverend Michael Beckwith, who's a friend of mine, he was in the movie, The Secret. He said that the evolution of consciousness is occurring through you as you. Meaning that as you make this move, Heidi, you're not just helping Heidi, you're evolving consciousness of humanity. And we're all being asked to evolve. And our evolution looks different. Some people, it's to write a rap song. Someone else, it's to bake a cake, you know, for somebody next door. So whatever it might be, it's happening as we're growing in in kindness, we're growing in love, we're growing in awareness, we're growing in compassion and uh, service and all these things. The more you fully serve your true self, capital S, the more you're serving everyone else. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I really do. Thank you. I, I needed to hear that today. Well, I needed to hear you today, too. And hopefully all the people listening there to hear both of us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, well, this is awesome. I can't wait to have you on my podcast someday, Jack. Fair enough. Turn around. Fair play. We'll do it. <laughs> so I always want to thank you one more time. Thank you for having the courage to follow your heart, to be open and vulnerable and transparent with us, because that's really quite profoundly valuable for people. And there's an odd question in the middle of all this, but I'll ask you anyway. I always end these uh, podcasts by asking this question. Up until this moment, as you sit here right now, what would you call your greatest achievement or moment of life that you'd say you're most proud of and why? I think I'm the most proud of this choice that I've made recently, without a doubt. I think it is the thing I am the most proud of to release myself from what the world thinks of me and to focus more on what I think of me, what God thinks of me, and what my kids think of me. I am very proud of where I'm at right now. Good. I think you should be. Yeah. Now, I was going to give people your website, but I, is it still HeidiPowell.net, or should we touch into Patty, Heidi Lane? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it is still HeidiPowell.net, but I would say I'm the most active right now, like where you're going to find me right now, <laughs> right now is Instagram, Real Heidi Powell for now. <laughs> uh, Real, Heidi, Real Heidi Powell at Instagram. Okay, Heidi good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much again for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jack, for having me. I appreciate you. Thank all of you for joining us today and be sure to join us next time where I'll be in conversation with another author, expert, thought leader, talking about how you too can live a happier, more authentic, more fulfilling, more successful life. Until then, take care of yourself. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. That's it for now. Now, if you found this episode helpful, please let your friends and your family know about this podcast. And if you do have a moment, leave us a comment or a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to or watching this on right now. And for even more, you can go to jackcanfieldpodcast.com where you'll find today's summary and show notes including a list of web links to get all the resources and any free things mentioned during the episode. And while you're there, let me know what you think by sending in your feedback or any requests for topics you'd like to see me address in the future shows. Simply go to jackcanfieldpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you. 
And until next time, keep pursuing your dreams.